All right, glad you guys are here tonight. My name is Michael, and uh, I... <laughs> Thanks for that, that was nice. Man, I've been missing you guys. I feel like y'all take a little, little spring break in the middle of the fall. Glad you guys are back for the last live. And uh, don't... So, so let me explain that a little bit. Uh, live is, is something that happens every single week, and it's been happening every single week since 2013. Um, and it's been... Okay, okay, let's stop clapping because it's really throwing me off, but that's okay. I can handle it. I can do this. Um, but live has been going on since 2013, every single week. And what, what we've decided is that, man, we need to take a little break as we get into the holidays. Uh, for example, um, next week is... Thanksgiving, and then the week after that, we do an amazing event called Angels of Light, which you guys will be hearing about. And you missed the no clapping thing, but that's okay. Continue on. Be yourself. This is your church, not mine. So, so we, have, we have Angels of Light, and then stop. Okay, really, 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 junior high, thank you. I don't ever call you out till right now, because that's who's clapping. We have Angels of Light, and then after that, it's just kind of a, a week and we want you to take a break. We want you to, maybe, I don't know if you study, maybe you have exams coming up, I have no idea. And you know what, I, I have always been like, you know what, let's just not do anything at Christmas time. But my staff has rallied and they have overruled me, which is easy to do. And they, and they have decided that this is, this is the last live of 2017, legit. So what, because what's happening at, in December is a thing called litmus Christmas, okay? And so that is gonna be, we, we haven't done a, a Christmas-y thing in a really long time in this room. And so I need you guys to start thinking about who are you gonna bring to that? What is it gonna look like? Because it truly is gonna be lit. <laughs> I'm old, but whatever. Uh, it, it really is gonna be amazing. We've already been planning it. And it's gonna be because we have a month to plan it, check this out. Because we have a month to plan it and a month to pull everything together, it is gonna be phenomenal. It is gonna be, it's not just gonna, you know, it's really good in here, but it's a little chill. It's gonna be fall riot-like. It's gonna be amazing. And so uh, make sure that you make plans to attend that. It is gonna be awesome. And then we'll come back in January and we'll do something on the second week of January, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. So last week, Meredith Landry, okay, I want you to clap for Meredith Landry. She spoke last week. Let me tell you something. Meredith, Meredith Landry, if, if, if you weren't here, man, she, she is seriously gifted. She's an amazing uh, woman of God who loves to teach. Her dad is a pastor, and it's so cool to see her just pouring out her heart to you guys and allowing God to use her. Um, girls, if you don't know Meredith, uh, she's on our staff. She's amazing. I would encourage you, man, go get to know her. God is seriously using her mightily. And so if, if you need anything, man, go and talk to Meredith. Meredith will be around here somewhere. I think she's wearing camouflage or something. I don't know what she's wearing, but she's, you can't really see her if she's wearing a camouflage. But anyways, Go find her and talk to her, girls. Listen, don't miss out on getting to know her. And if you didn't hear that message, you need, to, you need to download our podcast, which you can go on iTunes, and you can hear any message. Just download Second Students West. 
you can hear any message that has ever been taught from this stage. And uh, I encourage you to do that for last week. And so this week we're wrapping up our series on catfish and on identity. And one of the best ways to do it is to look in Colossians. Because, I'm so sorry, to look in 2 Peter. Colossians is Sunday. To look in 2 Peter. 2 Peter, man, we, we see somebody who is telling us how to live out our identity in Christ. So look in 2 Peter 1, verse 1, it says this, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Here's what he is saying. He is saying, we... Christians, if you have asked Christ into your heart, then you have a faith that is just like Peter's. Now, Peter is in the Bible, okay? He, he, he wrote some stuff. He hung out with Jesus. He'd be this person, you look up, like if he walked in, he'd be like, oh, that's Peter. Or maybe not, like, who's the old dude in the road? I don't know what that, he, what's going on. But man, Peter is somebody who, man, I, I would love to be like Peter. And sometimes we have these people in our life that it's like, man, their walk with, like they are so godly. Like I don't know if you have those people, but it's like, ah, like they are so wow, okay? Like they are, they, they get it, they walk with the Lord, they must spend hours with Jesus. They never do anything wrong, maybe they are Jesus. You know, I, I, we have those people in our life, but the thing is, check this out. There's no reason that we can't be like those people. Peter says that we are like those people, but we need to live out our faith. And I wanna talk about how we can do that. And, and, and there's a story that happened this past week with me. It was uh, last Wednesday. I was in a meeting at uh, one of our other campuses here at Second Baptist Houston. And I get a phone call from my wife. Now, I'm in this meeting, and, and anytime my wife calls, I'm like, I answer it. It doesn't matter what's going on, because that's the right thing to do. And so I answered it, and she was gone. Like, hey, gone. That was the hang-up noise. That doesn't really happen, but whatever. And then she calls back, and it hangs up real quick again. And I'm like, what in the world? And so in my spirit, I'm like, you know, y'all know, I got issues, right? Something bad's happening, like horrible, and I was right. And so I, I, I get up out of that meeting, and I was really kind of thankful to leave the meeting. That's real life, and uh, it was, I was like, thank you, Lord, good looking out. Um, and, uh, and, and, so, <laughs> and so I walk out, and I'm like, hey, and she goes, that's good, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, what's going on? No, it's good, I, I got, don't worry about it, I figured it out. I'm like, no, what's going on? And uh, <laughs> she's like, uh, tell me, I'm like, tell me what is happening. You called me twice in the middle of the meeting. You knew I was in this meeting. What is going on? She's like, well, um, here's the deal. There was a guy standing in our street, and he was just staring at our house. Now, my wife is five foot. She's stronger than most of you in this room. We have three kiddos, two dogs, and there's a man standing in front of our house and was staring into our house. And that's what she, I was like, well, what did you do? 
Like, I'm like, who was it? You know, I'm like, and I'm in my car, like, going the speed limit and driving from our, uh, our, our, our Woodway campus. And I'm, I'm like, oh, it's on. And she's like, well, he's in the car with me now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? That was my response. I go, are you serious? Yes. Ba-. She's like, babe, I got this. And I'm like, the man who was staring into our home is now in your car. Okay, listen, let's just take a time out right here. Students, adults, people of the world. That's not smart. It's 2017. When you put strangers in your car just because they got this and they got a puppy right here and they want you to pick them up, it's okay. They're going to be okay. Okay? There's a lot. Okay. So I am furious. Like, where are the kids? Well, the, the older ones are at school and I left Copeland with our neighbor. Oh, great. I don't even know our neighbor. You left Copeland with a stranger. So here's what I'm thinking. Okay? She's like, I'm taking him to the police station. I was like, police have cars. They can come to us. They can, blah, 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 blah. can I help you, sir? That's what I would have done. Okay? But no. My wife walks out to the man staring at our house says, can I help you? And he says, nothing. And she says, can I help you? He says, I don't know how I got to Katie. It's a trap. Like, she's telling me this. He's in the car with her. I'm like, it's a trap, babe. Do you have a gun on you? She's like, no. I couldn't get into the safe. Ah! Everything is going awry. This is not good. This is, this is not a good situation. So she is driving to the police station. I'm like, so I start calling people. So I call Ryan Herzog and Seth Phipps, which was genius. Why? Because Seth is a terrible driver, but he is so fast. And they happen to be on their way to the Fiesta grocery store. Don't know why, but that's where they were going. And I said, hey, I need you guys to go and follow my wife. Where is she? She's on Avenue D somewhere, heading to the police station. Find her. He's like, all right, I got to go. I'm like, no, I'm staying on the phone with you. And so he's like, so, so Ryan's like telling Seth where to go, hanging on for dear life. And anyways, they, <laughs> and, I'm, and I think, okay, here's what happened. This guy pulled my wife out of the house to take him somewhere so that they could go and rob my house. So I'm like, I need to have someone go check on my house. I'm telling you, I got issues, okay? <laughs> so I had someone else go and check on my house, make sure we're good, all right? I got people, boots on the ground, don't mess with me, okay? And so Ryan and, and Seth actually beat my wife to the police station, okay? Now, when they, and, and, and my wife the whole time was like, babe, it's okay, I could seriously take him right now. I'm like, he's in the car with you. Don't say that. Watch his hands. <laughs> and so, show, show the picture real quick of, of the guy. This is, this is, I don't know how she took a picture of him. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. this could be my last. You can take it off now. So that's Armando. That's Armando. You, you can. So Seth and Ryan beat my wife to the police station, and I go take a picture of it. 
So I'm freaking out. I said, how, 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 how big is the guy? Can I take him? And they're like, oh, dude, he's like 80. I was like, well, what, is he big? Can I take him? Like, yeah, I think your wife can take him. And so they take a picture, and I send a picture to my wife. I'm like, I'm watching you. And she's like, this is getting crazy. She knows I got issues. And so, I, so, so, so she's inside, and I'm just out there waiting by her car. She walks to her car, doesn't see me at all. I was like, she's not ready. She's not looking at her surroundings. I've taught her nothing. You gotta be looking everywhere. People are crazy, it's Christmas time. And she gets in her car and she just starts to weep. And I was like, oh no. And here's what she tells me. His name was Armando. His name is Armando. He has dementia, which means you don't really remember anything and you don't know anything. He was visiting his son, which is two houses down from us, and he had gotten out of the house when his sweet wife took a nap. They don't live there, but where they do live, they have to lock all the doors so that Armando will not venture out. And so he had ventured out and was in our street and had been out for a long time. That blue sweater, the wife said, I don't even know where he got that because that's not ours. When Erica was in the police station last Wednesday with Armando, they got a phone call and said, hey, my husband is missing. And they said, well, he's here. And she's crying and she shows up and meets my wife and, 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 and they talk and, and Erica's crying in the car. And I'm like, what, what's wrong? It's when you go into sweet husband mode because you're like, it." And she tells me he has dementia and tells me that she knew. She says this. I knew when I saw him, I needed to help him. I knew when I saw him, I needed to help him. And the problem sometimes is, Christians, is that we miss opportunities sometimes because we are very scared or we miss opportunities because we feel like, you know what, God didn't tell me to do that, which is really dumb. God doesn't tell you to go to Sam's today. I don't know why I said Sam's, because I want a hot dog. God didn't tell you to tweet that tweet. God doesn't tell you to take that picture. God doesn't tell you to do a lot of things, and you do it. So why are we over-spiritualizing things sometimes and think, well, God didn't tell me to do it. No, here's what God tells us to do. Write this down. Here's what God tells us to do. He tells us to go all over the Bible. And let's look back at what Peter is saying about living out our identity in Christ. In verse three, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Let me just explain that to you. It says this, is that because if you're a Christian and he lives inside of you, he has given you everything you need for a godly life. You're like, well, I, I, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Let me just explain this to you. You wanna be close to God? 
You have everything in you with him living inside of you. If you're a Christian, to grow in your walk with him, it's your choice. What are you doing with the Lord that is living inside of you? You wanna grow? Then do it. It's your choice. You wanna look like this person that's super godly and super Christian? Okay, then do it. It's your choice. Just do it. Verse five, for this reason, make every effort. Underline that, highlight it, write it down, put it somewhere. For this reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. Let me read that again in verse five. For this very reason, he's referring to verse four when he says he has given us everything we need and since he has, we need to make every effort to do these things that he then lists. We need to make every effort to add to our life goodness, knowledge. Well, Michael, I, you know, I, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed about this addiction and it won't stop. Let me just tell you something, person. I'm proud of you because you are making every effort for self-control. And you may not have beat the addiction yet, but you are making an effort to do that. Well, Michael, I, I, just, I just can't get over this pain that I have because of something that is happening or something that has happened in my life. I, I, I can't get over this pain and I'm trying and I, and I just, I, I don't know what to do. Well, let me just tell you something. You are making every effort to get over the pain. You're making every effort toward, it says right here, perseverance and that should give us so much joy. I think sometimes we think if we start praying and we start doing these things, it's automatically gonna be gone. Sometimes that is true. But let me encourage you, if you are making an effort, look what it says in verse eight. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, measure he is saying right here, because there's a comma, so let's just stop and hang out there for a second. He is saying, if you are making every effort to do these things, making every effort to work hard, to overcome, to press on, to persevere, if you're making every effort to do that, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what it's saying. We're talking about our identity in Christ. And our identity is, is not just in Christ so we can do, sit around and go to church. No, 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 no. Our identity in Christ needs to go and do something. And I feel like, I know that for me sometimes, I can feel like I'm just, man, I'm not doing anything. I, uh, like, what, I'm, not, I'm just kind of useless. What am I doing? And then I'm very encouraged by this today. I'm very encouraged because I know that I am making every effort 
to grow in him. I'm making every effort to overcome these things in my life. And since I'm doing that, look again what it says. It will keep us from being ineffective. And so students, adults, people watching this online right now, if you are in a place right now and you feel like you are unproductive and you feel like God is not using you, stop with those thoughts. Because the truth is, if you are making an effort toward it, then you are doing the right thing. Stop trying to be perfect. Stop feeling like a failure failure whenever you mess up. Because if you're making an effort and you're giving it everything you got in in, in those tries, you can't be unproductive and ineffective. Even though the enemy is telling you, you know what, you're a failure. You know what, I can't believe that you would do that. You know what, you are nothing. You are just a loser. And all these thoughts that the enemy puts in our head, all these thoughts like, man, I will, you will never do anything with your life. You're nothing but a whatever he's put in, our, in your heart and in your mind. Let me just tell you something. You can make every effort to tell him to shut his face and to tell him that Jesus is Lord and to tell him to get out of the way. Make every effort. What if, what if my wife did not go and talk to Armando that day? What if? The truth is, possibly he found his way home. Maybe somebody else went and talked to him. Maybe his wife drives around and finds him. Maybe Armando goes into the middle of the street, the highway, and passes away. Maybe Armando gets picked up by somebody else and taken away and he's never seen again. In all these scenarios, both good and bad. But let me just tell you something about Erica, my wife. She's not somebody who is a face-to-face, one-on-one type of person who you just, who just goes up to people and says, hey, how you doing? She's, that's, that's me, that's not really her. She's not the type of person that grew up in church and just, you know what, everything, she's supposed to do those things. No, that's, that's not her at all. Actually, she's 100%, the flesh is 100% opposite of that. 100% opposite of, of, of the person that would go and talk to somebody who is staring at her house when she has her precious one-year-old daughter asleep in the room. But because my wife is making every effort to grow in her walk with him, reading the word of God, studying like crazy, praying, then she was able to go out and do exactly what Peter says right here. Love. Love. The last word of verse seven. She was able to go and love because she's not perfect, but she's making every effort. So what about you? The truth is so many of you in this room are making an effort and you're doing a phenomenal job. I'm so impressed and so proud of you. There are people out there in this world that think that you guys, your age, this generation is a lost generation. They think that you guys, teenagers, that you don't even wanna come to church, that you don't go to church, that you don't wanna grow in your walk, that you don't care about God, all you care about is all these other things. Well, let me just tell you guys how proud of you I am 
to be a part of one of the largest student ministries in the country at one location on a Wednesday night. Let me just tell you guys how cool it is that you guys continue to invite your friends and your friends are accepting Christ and your friends are raising their flag for Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about the effort that you guys made at Fall Riot and we saw 40 people accept Christ. Let me tell you about the effort that you make on Sunday mornings when you come to church on a Sunday morning at 9.30 in the morning. Who does that? Nobody normal, but you guys do, teenagers do. Let me tell you about a group of students that we take around 3,500 teenagers to the beach to do one thing, and that is worship Jesus. So let me tell you something. Those people can shut it because I am looking at a group of people who love Jesus with all they have. And there are days in your life that you feel like you are a loser and that you're not doing anything and that you're ineffective and that the other people are telling you you're never gonna amount to anything. All you care about is technology and all these things. Let me just tell you something. You can look at those people in their eyes and you can tell the enemy, Satan himself. I just want you to know something. I'm making every effort to love Jesus with everything. And because you're making every effort, you are very effective. You are so effective and the enemy hates it. And there are some of you in this room right now who you do not have a knowledge of Jesus, who you're making an effort to live right, but you're not living with him. And tonight, I want you to know what it's like to make every effort to live with him. Like so many others in this room, Tonight, I want you to ask Christ into your heart so that when you die one day, truthfully, you will spend eternity with him so that you can talk to our Father on a daily basis, so that you can have a peace in your heart when things are, are, are not going so good, so that you can walk in freedom and you can break the chains on your life. And tonight, I want to give everybody the opportunity to ask Christ into your heart. So with no one looking